Welcome everybody to another brand new episode of It's My Wrestling Podcast, Indie Wrestling Spotlight. I am of course, as always, your host Chris Dees. Before I get started, as always, please make sure you hit the subscribe button if you're watching this on YouTube, the follow button on whichever audio platform you are listening on. As I said, this is another brand new episode of my Indie Wrestling Spotlight where I'm trying to shine a little bit of a light, get some more eyes on some of the incredibly hard-working, probably the hardest working wrestlers in the entire business, the entire industry, people who do not get enough floor who do not get enough attention and if I can even just bring a few eyes to these guys then I will feel like I have done a great great service to the industry so as I say today's guest is a man I'm extremely extremely excited to speak to I know my friend Vaz is going to be incredibly excited watching this and he'll be incredibly excited that I've given him a shout out as well so hello Vaz thank you for your support always um Today's guest is, of course, the social media superstar, the glitch in the system. He's the one and only Mr. Jay Walker. Jay, thank you for joining me. How's it going? It's going good, man. I am excited to sit down with you and chat up some uh, some wrestling. Let's get the discussion going here. Yeah, man, absolutely. Always always fun to just, just shoot the shit and just, just, you know what I mean, shoot the breeze and just talk wrestling. We don't get to do it often enough. Everybody's so critical and reviewing this and trying to get the inside scoop on that sometimes it's just nice to just get to know a guest get to know your background get to know your interests what you're up to and all that kind of stuff so thank you for giving me your time i know it's quite early over there in winnipeg is it 10 a.m at the moment i think yeah 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 so i appreciate that i really do and it's a nice early podcast for me as well it's still bright outside which makes a very, very welcome change. Um, I want to I wanna get things started, do something a bit different. I don't normally do this, and you're the first guest I'm doing it with. I just want to do a little quick-fire round, a little lightning round. I'm going to throw a few questions at you. They don't have to be super in-depth answers. They can just be a few words if you want, or feel free to go into as much detail as you like. But just to get to know you a little bit, and for anybody who maybe isn't familiar with you at the moment, give them a little bit of a insight into what got you into wrestling and things like that. So I wanted to start off by just going with who were your wrestling inspirations when you were growing up? Ooh, uh, Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior got me hooked at WrestleMania six, but uh, carrying me through my childhood and, and planting that seed in my brain of the ambition of achieving a childhood dream. It's Shawn Michaels and it's Bret Hart's that new generation era. I had a feeling you were going to say Bret Hart because then my next question um, who, in your opinion, is the greatest Canadian wrestler? Oh, yeah. Bret Hart's right at the top. Absolutely. There's no greater storyteller or technician in the ring. Yeah, absolutely. Who would be your... Um, uh, this might be the same answer. Who would be your dream opponent? Oh, I always get asked this, and it's changing on a regular basis. Um, being from Winnipeg specifically, though, Chris Jericho is somebody that that's very high up at the top of that list. I, I would say him first. Absolutely, absolutely. He's my greatest of all time for for, for various different reasons, and people are always of course say that. But yes, he's he's always top of my list. Um, okay, so WWF or WCW growing up? Uh, I was a WWF diehard, but WCW did steal my heart for a good solid year. I think. Okay, I was very much WWF. Um, Stone Cold or The Rock? That's a tough one. Stone Cold, yeah. Oh, not a tough one. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Stone Cold for me as well. Um, what is your current career highlight? Oh, um, I mean, I, I've broken uh, quite a few records around here. Uh, I'm the only four-time PCW Canadian champion. Uh, that's something that nobody else has been able to uh, 
to to reach as far as a pinnacle in their career. I've also held it more days than anyone. Uh, I've spent more than half my career, and we're talking 10 years now, with this championship with me. So uh, I'm pretty proud of that as a statistic. Yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah, you should be. Wear it as a badge of honor. Um, okay, and then the last quick fire question. <clears throat> Book yourself in 2022. What would you do? Who would you who would you wrestle? Where would you go? What would you do? Oh, that is a good question. <laughs> it's a bit. Man, of a, you put me on the big one. Yeah, isn't it? that could be for know, sure. Day. <laughs> um, I would do a tour of American Indies. Um, some big profile matches that um show my varying styles uh i'm known as uh um there's a lot of bret hart influence in my work uh you will notice that so i would love to uh pay homage to some of the the canadian history there of pro wrestling and show off that i'm sort of a throwback uh, to that generation i would also love to implement some of my more hardcore or aggressive brawling style as well that we uh, we see from time to time and just sort of peg off some big bucket list wrestlers just to get my name out there properly. Uh, somebody at the top of my list still, because I feel like we approach wrestling very similarly in our match styles and how we tell our stories is Joey Janela, whether that's AEW or a GCW or wherever it is that we can, you know, congregate and mess up a building and have a lot of fun. Uh, that would be uh, how my next year would look anyways. That's a, it's not a name that you really come up when, when you have like conversations like this. Um, I think that's a bit of a, a disservice to somebody like Joey. He gets he gets a lot of criticism, and I think that's because people don't really like his style of wrestling, and that's you know that's fine. But there's a lot of people who do like his style of wrestling. So, you know, you see, you see this on Twitter all the time, don't you? I was giving my opinions on Survivor Series last night, and I'm always very careful to say my or for me or in my view, in my mind, and people will still come back and attack you. And say you're wrong. Like, you, you right. can't be wrong in something that you like. And, you know, more power to, to Joey Janela fans. Um, I really like that answer. I cannot explain how much I like that answer because so many people will just go straight to, like, I don't know, <clears throat> Roman Reigns or John Moxley. You know what I mean? Like, the, the top names in whichever promotions they're in. So, Joey Janela's a really interesting one. Have you, have you ever had any interaction with him in the past or...? Yes, uh, before the pandemic and everything shut down, of course, Joey Janela is very known for his spring break events, uh, you know, kind of WrestleMania weekend. Uh, they're, they're the talk of the indies every year. And I, for a year solid, once a week, I would tweet Joey Janela a little crazy video of something that happened throughout my career history, just trying to get a spot on that show, trying to get a spot on that show. And we were about two months away from the date. And all of a sudden, uh, somebody slid into my DMs and, and kind of gave me the wink and the invites. And it was going to happen, but then COVID shut everything down and the opportunity slipped through my fingers. <laughs> is what it is. Uh, there's always the next time. I feel like so many stories at the minute finish with, but then COVID. Right. That's, that's been my last two years, yes, but that, that's all right. Uh, I'm a patient man. Hopefully, hopefully you'll get there again, especially with things getting back to normal. Now we're only, what, four, five months away from WrestleMania week at the moment. So you never yeah. know. Hopefully it will happen in 2022. Um, brilliant. No, thank you for that, man. Thank you for doing the quick fire round. Let's get into it and get into a bit more detail. Um, I believe one of your early career matches was against Kenny Omega. Now, 
Yes. That's, that's kind of huge, isn't it? For a, for a young wrestler, you've been wrestling for how long? About 10, 11 years, I believe you've been wrestling for? Yes. And to, to face Kenny Omega only in, in your wrestling infancy, like that must have been huge. How did, how did that opportunity come about? And like, what did you take away from that? Did you learn much from being in the ring with somebody who is obviously considered, even back then, to be one of the best in the world? Absolutely. I contribute so much to Kenny as far as my, uh, my early learning days. Um, got into the ring with him a few times and it was always a great experience. It was always a great learning experience. He, he really was able to, to break down telling a story and, and to, to, uh, to put a spotlight on your own uh, self rather than just let Kenny kind of steal the show doing his thing. He was really, um, really giving in those matches and uh it's funny just the promotion i happened to start with was a pcw based out of winnipeg and that's where kenny was that's his homegrown promotion he, he's been there since day one and, and has always been in the spotlight when i just joined uh he just finished a, that match with aj styles that everyone's been salivating trying to get a hold of um i've seen the match it's an amazing match but yeah kenny Kenny was always a great locker room leader too. He was always able to kind of speak up and give advice whenever it was. He was a really great asset to have in the locker room at the time. Uh, he was just starting to go to Japan too for DDT, not even New Japan yet. So uh, as big as he was, as great as he was, nobody had any idea uh, how he was going to turn the wrestling world upside down over the next few years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he helped to get a lot more eyes on on New Japan, didn't he? Like it's, it's probably not an area of wrestling that I would have really paid much attention to without there being that big American star over there to help draw, you know what I mean? Like all the news articles that you would see coming out of Japan, I would just ignore until I saw, oh, Kenny Omega, that's not a very Japanese name. It was just something I always struggled to get into. Um, I'm glad you touched on what he was like, sort of like behind the scenes and backstage as well, because I always, I always wonder that about independent shows and independent promotions. When you... You always seem to get big names. Like one of the other ones I wanted to ask you about was the Honky Tonk Man. I know that you wrestled the Honky Tonk Man. And I'm always interested to know what these top stars and legends and Hall of Famers are like after the show. Like, do they hang around? Do they spend much time with, with you guys, with like the rookies or whoever? Do they, do they impart much wisdom? Do they try and help you afterwards? If, if you're willing to listen and you're willing to ask the right questions, so far, all of my experiences have been amazing with any former talent I grew up watching on TV or just mainstay stars that are kind of here and now. It's, uh, it's, it's really been a treat. The Honky Tonk Man was, I think, my fifth match or, or something of that nature. So that was a big spot to be thrown in. And, I mean, you've heard stories over the years through the dirt sheets and through podcasts and people's perceptions of who people are. So I went in kind of, you know, not knowing what to expect and, and a little hesitant to how this was going to go off. But I have nothing but the absolute highest praise for the Honky Tonk Man. There was another man early in my career. We, I think we've worked together three or four times now. Uh, but just... Uh, I was a sponge, you know, just taking it from this legend who's worked absolutely everyone in the business. Uh, he was able to really show me and ground me on what professional wrestling is and always uh, willing to lend some advice. And of course, after the shows, we, you know, we would hang out a lot. Uh, I know, remember we were doing a tour and uh, after our show, we were sitting there and SmackDown happened to be on. And he just broke down the entire show for me through his eyes and his perception and just the psychology that you could pick up from a man like that is just, uh, that's a real treasure you can take with you for the rest of your career. I, I have nothing but nice things to say about the man. 
Yeah, man. And like, like I say, if it was to all end tomorrow and you didn't make it to an AEW or a WWE or, or wherever, you've wrestled Kenny Omega and you've wrestled Honky Tonk Man. And I can't imagine there's many people that can say that. So that's that's pretty huge, isn't it? If, if like I say, it, just go away tomorrow. Absolutely. Two different ends of the spectrum, too, right? Uh, as far yeah. as wrestling fans go. <laughs> what was, um, did Honky Tonk sort of give you any direction on character because obviously as as skilled as he was in the ring he's known for that one of the greatest heel characters of all time wasn't he cocky and brash and arrogant everybody hated him people man obviously i wasn't i wasn't really a fan at the time i was far too young i might not have even been born at that point to be honest um but i've i've gone back and watched things from from that time period like when he would have been wrestling the likes of macho man and people like that and and crowds yeah. really hated him. Like he could, he could draw heat like not many have been able to do since. Absolutely, and I think that was some of the biggest uh, advice I took from him was um, just simplifying things. You know, especially I'm sure you see it even as a creative or as a content creator. You get in your own head. You have these ideas, and you want to go big, and you want to get more intricate. Sometimes just simplifying things and really soaking in uh, the moments. Can, can really get such a bigger reaction or so much more attention and tell the story in a way that everyone can understand and really grasp onto. And it just makes the job uh, a whole lot easier in that sense. Yeah. You know, that is such a good point because like I, I'm in no way like a, a, a big deal within the podcast community or anything like that. I've interviewed some incredible names and I always get people messaging me like, Oh, how did you do this? How did you get this person? How do you get these big names? How do you get onto news websites and stuff like that? And I always say, <clears throat> by not trying to, like if you try to, <laughs> absolutely. You know I mean, if your if your intention is to go out there and get big name guests and to get clickbait news quotes out of them, you're probably not going to get that. If you just have a general conversation, like I had, um, not to toot my own horn, but I had Vince Russo, and that was my most popular video. But we just yeah. had a conversation, and out of that came loads of news because it was just just a general chat. I think people, like you say, they try and overcomplicate things, and they try and do these big, grand ideas. But some of my favorite episodes have just been sitting down with friends and reviewing a pay per view. Absolutely, even from a wrestler's perspective, I believe the conversation rather than the interview format just it, it works so much better. It's so much more natural, and uh, it makes for a better conversation. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's, there's nothing worse than listening to a podcast and you can tell that the the uh, the interviewer has almost got like a script. It just feels very robotic. You'd be like, oh, Absolutely. Blah, 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 you did this, blah, blah, blah. And the the guest will answer back and they say, okay, great, next question. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to watch that. That's that's just a little bit awkward to me. Um but while we're on the subject of of content creation, that's obviously a really big thing for you. Like anybody that's looked through your YouTube it is absolutely chock-a-block full of like stories from the road and promo um, lessons and things like that and all, obviously all of your matches as well. Content creation is obviously a really big deal for you. Did you, how do I word this, is, is that something that you just naturally got into as just like a, a creative, a, a way of expressing your creativity or was it designed to sort of help you get over and to, to lend into your character as the social media superstar? Right. I'm going to try to make this story as short as possible. But uh, back when I was a kid, uh, and this is early infancy days of YouTube, we're talking 2005, 2006. 
I would backyard wrestle with the neighborhood kids and I would start video editing the shows and I would start learning more of that aspect of it. And uh, there used to be a ranking system uh, on YouTube where like the top Canadian sports videos and consistently almost every week we were ranked within the top 10 of of Canadian sports videos as a backyard wrestling. So I always saw the potential of social media and getting your name out there. The problem is when you're starting in the wrestling business, nobody wants to listen to the new kid with this new perspective. You know, there's that veteran aspect and just learning to kind of zip your mouth, learn first and then apply later. I did. I was very patient and I, but I kept bringing up this social media thing, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, all of this. We need to jump on this. We need to do this. And it wasn't really happening. So finally, uh, just a few years ago, I, I said, that's it. I'm going full-fledged on this. And I started uh, a YouTube vlog following uh, my wrestling career, of course, until COVID shut down. And uh, it opened up eyes and ears to what I was doing in Winnipeg that had never been heard of before in the wrestling world. And of course, it helps when you've got uh, Kenny Omega coming to town, you know, once a year at the time. Uh, we had a couple other big names and things, and it really drew eyes in. And people started being aware of who Jay Walker was. And then that created this massive support system of wanting to see me succeed elsewhere. And it really elevated this and created this platform for me to become a, a much bigger name within the independent wrestling scene that going from town to town throughout Canada wouldn't be able to afford me. So now I've got those, uh, I've got people in my DMs asking to come to spring break on WrestleMania weekend. I've got people begging me to come to Pennsylvania, to Florida, to New Jersey. You know, there's opportunities now ahead of me because I was able to commit to this content creation. It was, it was a YouTube vlog. It was prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Putting up my matches, doing promos, uh, owning this character of the social media superstar and this, this vision of this guy. And it's really helped elevate me and the perception of me and again, just to this brand new audience that otherwise wouldn't know who I was. So you mentioned you mentioned COVID and, and the pandemic in there with with all of the the YouTube side of things. Like how did how did that affect you, and and being able to to you know create new content? Obviously, you were wrestling less, if at all, during during that time. I don't know what it was like in Winnipeg, but mm-hmm. how how did that affect like your creativity and inspiration and, and pulling ideas? Were you were you as active? on YouTube in that period? That was a tricky thing that I navigate was what sort of content do I create? What kind of stories can I tell? And after a few weeks of doing it, I just realized that the well was gonna run dry very quickly. Um, So I took a step back. Um, 
I, I've also got a Patreon. I'm not plugging it. I'm just saying that allowed me to do more private content for the really dedicated fan base that I've created. Uh, and, and that helped kind of keep things going. I consistently did podcasts like we are doing right now to keep my name out there. And eventually I came up with the road story series. I would just sit down and tell stories from my past, good and bad, and some really unique perspectives of it. And, and that helped uh, continue the momentum as much as I could because things were shut down completely. I just had my first match on October 30th. Uh, of this year and otherwise it had been almost two years since I was able to get into a wrestling ring so there was a long dry spell of not being able to consistently perform yeah what what so if you don't mind me asking like what did you do during that period of not being able to wrestle did you did you just have to pick up work elsewhere like part-time work or full-time work this is something that I've been really interested to find out because obviously a, a lot a lot of independent wrestlers it's it's their weekend job, really, isn't it? It's it's a release, it's an escape. It's a, it's a hobby for for some of right. them who do like really family friendly indie shows. It can just be a way to express themselves. But you're obviously not not to disrespect any of us, but I think you're nope. you're you're sort of above that level, aren't you? Where you're getting more regular bookings. So when everything just completely grinded to a halt, like it did around here, we had no shows on for for like a year and a half. Right. What did you do to keep yourself busy in that time? Not not necessarily wrestling wise, just to keep yourself busy. Oh, for sure. Um, luckily, I did have a secondary job, and, and there was something lined up where there was still steady work coming in to keep me busy. But the, um, I mean, the pandemic. I think everyone's sort of taken that step back in life and kind of realized what's important and what's really worth committing your time to. And I wasn't happy there, so uh, I've taken a real big step back. Uh, and just sort of double down more on the wrestling content and trying to create more of an earning through that. And I, I've been really lucky. Um, I mean, there's there's been uh, Canada's fantastic with uh, with how they've treated their citizens and taking care of them financially and whatnot through things. So I've had a lot of, a lot of help to kind of guide me through this. And luckily, we're kind of on the uh, the end of it now. It looks like looks like yeah, fingers crossed because they keep every time it looks like we're on the way back out. They're like, oh, but there's a new strain. Oh, but there's a new type. There's a new, you know what I mean? Like, hopefully this is it. Everything's right. finally getting back to normal. We're getting wrestling back. So hopefully you'll start picking up more and more and more bookings now. And like I say, the, the YouTube side of things, man, what you do is brilliant. It's so in-depth. There's so many, you know, people crave that sort of real-life stuff, don't they? Like you do with the real-life stories and the 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 promo stuff it's brilliant it's it gives a real good insight in 2021 2022 people want to know the wrestlers behind the gimmicks don't they yes absolutely and i think that's one of the biggest assets to my shows that it really opens up the curtain in a different way one of my favorite episodes we ever did was we had the camera follow me from backstage without stopping to do the match and then when we came back through the curtain, we just had this phenomenal match. So me and my opponent, we hugged it out at the end of it. And we kind of went over things and how proud we were. Like nobody really gets to see that too much in that light. So just this raw unedited footage of, uh, of like I said, even before the match, we're going over things and then to see it play out in the ring and then come back to it. It's just this, <laughs> this next level of opening up to you guys, which I mean, we, we always talk about, we've heard it for years now that kayfabe is dead and that's totally cool with me. And uh, just opening up that curtain and letting you into my world and how I deal with things, I think is a unique, uh, unique way of looking at things. Yeah, no, hundred percent. But I think like, this is something that I've spoken to with a few guests about, and we've seen this really, really prevalently recently. It's 
we're seeing so much negativity come from social media. Obviously, you use it in such a, a positive way and to connect with your fans, and that's what so many independent wrestlers do, and it's it's so important as well. It's the most probably the most important tool out there, and it's free for a, for any independent wrestler to try and get themselves over, to try and get themselves to a new audience, to try and get themselves booked on shows. But obviously, you've got to try and balance the good with the bad, and that's what I say. We, we see so much bad now, and so many people getting attacked, and wrestlers being attacked just for being wrestlers. And I, I watched one of your videos on your YouTube about death threats and, and threats that you would receive, like, just for being a wrestler and just for doing your job. Like, it's... I, I work for a university, and I can't imagine receiving death threats for, for doing my job at a university, you know? it's Absolutely. It's crazy. Do, do, do these Have these things ever put you off at all from, from continuing being a wrestler, especially, like, on top of COVID as well, and work drying up a little bit, and then you've got things like this being directed at you on social media? Has it ever made you, like, second-guess if this was what you should be doing? There was a moment in time, uh, this is before I started the YouTube platform and such, where I thought that I was done. I just felt like I'm not going any further. I can't grow much more outside of this little bubble in Winnipeg. Um, creatively, I felt like I, I just hit a wall. And then, um, I mean, it's because you hear so much of this negativity, but I think it's the, the toxicity of the way the wrestling business was brought up through the 60s the 70s the 80s and even into the 90s and early 2000s like this is generations of uh of just not supporting each other looking out for yourself only stabbing people in the back um you know talking down everyone's uh own abilities it can really get to you it's mentally there there's a total mental aspect to wrestling that isn't talked about enough and that's something that i've tried sharing as well and i'm seeing more and more of it uh, throughout some of the, the lighter, more positive voices out there in social media through the wrestling world. And it's great to see because there is that whole aspect and it can really weigh you down at times. But uh, what I've been showing to guys in my area is that once you create that ground swelling support and you have more positive voices encouraging you, they push you much further than you ever thought possible within a small time frame. It's really amazing how much that sort of uh, that sort of community can really change a mindset and really change your trajectory in life. So I really encourage anyone out there to to start surrounding yourselves with more of the positive voices and ignore those negative ones because the less those negative ones are heard, the less they're going to start talking. They're going to grow tired of it and they're going to go away. Yeah, there's a mute button and a block button for a reason. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> there is so much negativity, and I've gone man. You know, anybody watching this knows me. They know that I like a good, not a fight, but like I, I will stick up for myself, you know, and my opinions yeah. and my views and my beliefs and that kind of thing. Like I get into a lot of fights on social media and it's never, it's never meant to be a fight. I don't go out, I don't wake up in the morning and think, right, let's go on Twitter and have a fight. Like a lot of people seem to do. Um, <laughs> but it, it is, it is hard to block out that, that negativity sometimes but um yeah I, i'm trying my best to do it do you do you ever get tempted to just bite back because there are there are quite a few wrestlers who do and quite a lot of well-known wrestlers so not not the top guys you wouldn't get a roman reigns or a kenny omega do it very often but you know anybody sort of like around a lower mid card you do seem to see them getting arguments quite a lot on social media and it, it doesn't look good Right. And I do my best to stay out of it all. Um, I will speak up for the betterment of the industry sometimes when it needs to be said. We saw the the speaking out movement and whatnot throughout the wrestling industry in the last couple of years. Um, 
I, I try to use my voice to, um, terrible term, but to be the bigger man in the situation and then just sort of like, this is the way it is <laughs> and, and try to stay away from any sort of uh, conflict because it's not necessary. It's wasted energy. And uh, I think we just all need to focus more on ourselves rather than other things that we can't, that are beyond our control. Yeah, no, absolutely. Completely agree. Completely agree. It's just not worth it. It's really, really not worth it. Try and drag other people down. You're just going to drag yourself down in the process. Just absolutely. Say, mute and block. Those buttons have been put there for a reason. There's, uh, I dread to think how many people have got me, me muted and got me blocked. <laughs> that's that's fine. At least we're not getting into fights. Um, right. I, I as a as a big gamer, this is something that I always want to ask people about as well. Um, well, wrestlers specifically. Um, What's it like to be featured in a video game? Because you you have recently, I saw that you tweeted it in the last couple of days, been featured in WrestleDeck, um, something that I had to bring up because I've played the early access. My my friend Steve, very good friend Steven, is one of like the, the top guys in, in getting WrestleDeck created and getting it out there. It must be pretty cool to, to have yourself, you know, even if it is to some people just a trading card game, it's, it's a video game. You're immortalised within <laughs> something, aren't you? Like how... Uh, was that something that you jumped at the chance to do? Like, are you a gamer yourself? Is it something that you were just itching to get a part of? Oh, absolutely. I remember playing some of the earliest wrestling games available on the old Nintendo and Super Nintendo system. So to be able to, to be in this mobile version, and I've got some uh, big fans that are nieces and nephews that are, you know, just at the right age there. So for them to actually be able to like pick it up and play as me, I think is pretty exciting for them even. But uh, no, definitely. I'm very excited and I'm, I'm flattered that they asked me to be a part of the game. Yeah, it's really cool. It's, it's, another, it's similar to what I'm trying to do here, like giving independent wrestlers a spotlight, a chance to, you know, get their names out there. I'll be honest, there's a, there's a lot of the cards that I've unlocked at the moment. I'm not familiar with the names, but then there are, you know, like your Leo Rushes and uh, Amber Novas and names like that who I do recognise. They've done a really, really good job and it's really well put together. So, Stephen, everybody at WrestleDeck, I said that I would mention you on the show. I had to do it. Um, awesome work, man. I'm really excited for the game to be released fully in a couple of weeks' time. Um... While we're on the subject of video games, then you said that you've you've played all the ones from back in your youth. What's the what's the greatest wrestling game of all time for you? God, that's a hard. Uh, even as I've it is loud, I'm like I can't ask this. This is too difficult. <laughs> I'm gonna commit to my answer right now. Of here comes the pain, the SmackDown game. Uh, just the creative wrestler system at the time was revolutionary. The wrestling style, being able to brawl everywhere, was really unique. As well as the I don't think it was called general manager mode. <laughs> it might've just been called story mode at the time. I can't remember exactly, yeah. but uh, it, it kept me playing for hours and hours, like all hours of the night. I remember I, I specifically dove more into that game than any other. I feel in my wrestling uh, fandom. I remember just bring it more, but, but I also remember liking here comes the pain more, but I got into, I got into wrestling games um, around like N64 era so yep. for me it was um no mercy wcw revenge uh the ecw n64 game that was brilliant wow. all those that that period like they were just just banger after banger after banger every single yeah. game just absolutely crushed it and then all of the smackdown games were brilliant just bring it here comes the pain they were great the early 2k games were great as well and then they've obviously sort of 
flatlined a little bit in the last. <laughs> I've heard, yes. I mean, that's a, a nice way to put it. They flatlined a little bit. They're, they're <laughs> right. Not quite what they were anymore. People keep saying they're going to remake Here Comes the Pain. I'd love that. Remake Here Comes the Pain, but with a modern roster. You've got to feel bad for the people who make wrestling games these days because just as they get it fine-tuned <laughs> and tweaked, do we, do we release 71 wrestlers? And they're like... Like, half the <laughs> roster isn't even with the company anymore. It must be horrible. It must be so demoralising to put that much effort in. Um, awesome. No, thank you for sharing your thoughts on that as well, man. Um, I want to I wanna, I wanna go to a segment. I like to end all of my... Um, well, it's the penultimate question in all of my interviews on this Indie Spotlight series. So, we've obviously... We've talked a lot about what you've done. We've talked a lot about what you'd like to do. We've talked a bit about your character, about the, the glitch in the system, the social media superstar. But I like to... For the penultimate question, I like to do a segment just called Put Yourself Over. So, literally just take a few minutes... Tell people why it is that they should be paying attention to Jay Walker, what you're, what you're doing in the near future, any events you've got coming up, any shows you've got coming up, what it is about your character, why they should be coming to shows to watch you specifically. What is it about Jay Walker? There is definitely nobody that I've seen in my experience over the 10 plus years that I've been in the, in the industry that is able to emotionally tell a story in the ring on an independent level like me i've had people in the audience following along so closely and when we've got them hooked near the end of the match they just blurt out like i am so emotionally invested in this right now like the fact that i can hook you that much as a viewer and tell stories over years and, and to call back on things that you hopefully remember or things that i've told throughout my youtube channel there are things that will just bring a wrestling experience to you that you've never experienced before I'm not a moves guy. I'm a story guy. And I think that's what separates me from absolutely everyone else that you'll see on the same roster as me on any show day. There's a reason I connect with the audience that way. I make eye contact, eye contact with absolutely everyone that I can when I'm out there. You get such an intimate experience when you get Jay Walker in a ring that you will want to see me again and again and again and become an instant fan. Or if I'm the heel in this certain scenario, you are going to hate my guts like nobody else before. Very cool. That's that's how you put yourself over, man. That's how you. I'm sold. I don't know about you guys, but I'm sold. Um, what what shows and, and events have you got coming up? Have you got any bookings coming up over like the next few months going into 2022? Yeah, Winnipeg it has been touch and go with COVID. It's been a slow reopening for us, but I'm very excited that January 1st, wrestling fans that have been clamoring for a show can really get one finally in Winnipeg for the first time in two years. It's uh, they're going to be celebrating New Year's with us. Uh, I'm coming back. I'm defending the Canadian championship. Uh, I am just so excited to get back to, to normal for me. So hopefully January and then things are going to keep rolling from there as we continue to open up and the restrictions lower and it's safe for everyone to come out and have the absolute best time. Yeah, man, absolutely. And I will be keeping a keen eye on your social media to see hopefully spring break happens. Where can people find you on social media? It's really easy to find me anywhere, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. It's all the same handle. It's I am Jay Walker. That's I A M Jay Walker. And again, I'm on there all the time. I'm constantly putting out new content. You can always follow me what I'm doing in my wrestling career. And I got a whole lot of other cool stuff down the road that I got to keep secret right now. Okay. I like a, I like a nice tease. 
I like a nice team. <laughs> That's good, man. I, I will be, like I said, I'll be sure to keep an eye out for it. I'm sure Vaz will be keeping an eye out for it. I hope this has helped to get you a few new fans, a few new followers. That's what I'm trying to do through this new series. Jay, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you giving me your time, even just this short amount of time, just to get to know you a little bit more. It's been an absolute joy. I really appreciate a character wrestler. Like, I, I, I cannot put into words. Like, anybody can do moves. We see spot fests, we see spot monkey matches all the time, and it's great, but you're just, like, waiting for the next move. I, I've i always been a Daniel Bryan, I've always been a Johnny Gargano sort of guy. I, I appreciate a story, I appreciate an underdog, I appreciate somebody that can really hook you in and, like you say, get you on the edge of your seat and really, really get invested. And that's why I think you're awesome, man, so... Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you guys. If you've enjoyed this episode, I hope you have. Like I said at the start, please make sure you hit subscribe on YouTube. Please make sure you hit follow if you're listening on audio platforms. And I will hope to see you again next time on It's My Resting Podcast Indie Spotlight Series.